Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. And Tyree just to his left. Shotgun snap. Takes the handoff, looks to the end zone, throws wide open Mayer at the five, easily into the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Michael Mayer was crossing right to left on the five-yard line all by himself, stretched up in stride to snag that pass, and ran into the Carolina Blue end zone all by himself. We heard those words a lot today. <laughs> Didn't we? Touchdown, yes. Notre Dame. That felt pretty good, really, if, especially for the offense. Notre Dame beating North Carolina today 45-26. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Jimmy Rosari. Reggie Brooks joining me right now. Reggie, how you feeling? Pretty good. I mean, you know, you, you look at this game and – you know, Notre Dame needed – because, again, you know, you look at last week and, yeah, they got the victory, but, you know, it was it was a nail-biter. And, you know, this was a game where offensively um, we looked pretty good, looked to be in rhythm. The offensive line dominated the uh, line of scrimmage, and we ran the football. So that that is a key, and we ran the ball downhill, uh, drive, uh, drive blocking – with uh, great offensive line play, getting after it. Uh, this is the Notre Dame football that uh, you know we had become accustomed to. Yes, it yes it is. In fact, I'm so happy about it. Uh, I even screwed up the score. 45-32, the final score of the game. I shorted North Carolina a touchdown somewhere in there. All right. Uh, anyway, we've got tons to get to. Throughout the course of this here postgame show, we've got Marcus Freeman's postgame press conference. We've got all the stats. We've got all the analysis. We've got players of the game. We've got the opponent's scoreboard. Just tons of stuff to get through here on the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by South or uh, presented by St. Joe Health System here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. Takes it, gives to Estime up the middle. Nice hole, 45-50, still going 40. 35 and down to the 30-yard line. A full head of steam for Audric Estime right up the middle and barreling into Tar Heel territory. Gain of 29. Audric Estime having a day today. 17 rushes, 134 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the running game in general. Just uh, all over North Carolina. Of course, uh, Notre Dame winning 45-32. It is the official Notre Dame football postgame show here on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Reggie, uh, 
Let's get to uh, let, let's let's start breaking down the offense here. The offense looked like uh, looked like it was taking all the momentum that it had in the second half of last week and kept it going this week. Well, I mean, it did start off that way. It, yeah, that, um, that yeah. first drive was a little that little first, sketch. Yeah. Well, the you know first defense the the first defensive drive. I mean, yeah. The the got hats off to to the quarterback for North Carolina May. Um, that kid, he 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 hurt us early on with those uh, runs that he was able to yeah. to get done and breaking down the defense. And then offensively, we we come out three and out, and it's like. Oh, this is yeah. not good because you know how explosive North Carolina's offense was. Yeah, I, I got to admit, I was really concerned uh, with that. But then, I mean, they got it together. You know, came back. You know, start moving the ball. You start seeing this offense find their rhythm. You know, we we've been talking about for some time. You know, when would this offense find an identity? And, I, and I've been saying for a while. I mean. Their identity has to be run the football. And again, I'm not saying you got to run it, you know, 100 times, but be effective in the run game. And they did that. I mean, you watch Logan Diggs, Chris Tyree, and then Audric Estime is an absolute beast this game. Yeah, absolutely. He was, I mean, that was perfect bringing him in in the second half. Perfect. Just because he was able to do whatever he wanted in the backfield and and just kept drives going and kept making big plays and just fantastic fumble in the end zone notwithstanding of course but he had two other touchdowns so he's good in my book uh 51 rushes altogether out of the uh, out of the run game today 287 yards uh an average of 5.6 they had three touchdowns rushing today uh Drew Pine 24 for 34 289 yards Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Another mistake-free day for Drew Pine. And you look at it when when you know Notre Dame start running football, it opened up so much more, especially with the play-action pass. Um, they became more effective in that in that area. Um, start getting you know really forcing the linebackers and the safeties and those second levels to react to the run game. And it was allowing our, our receivers, and particularly you know uh, Lorenzo Styles and then yeah. uh, Michael Mayer, were able to get open uh, on a consistent basis. But it was built off of establishing the run, and you know just was so glad to see them stick with it and and really you know allow the offensive line to 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 dominate. And you know that comes from being consistent and a commitment to the run game and that that and when that happened you saw the success this team had offensively and it just got this team into a rhythm and a flow offensively uh, especially with a lot of like I said misdirection plays but the misdirection came off of coming downhill and the back start hitting the hitting the holes instead of dancing in the backfield and you know it, it I got to say that was this is <laughs> this year the best I've seen this offense look yeah and you know when and when the offensive line is doing well you know it makes the offensive coordinator look good because you know a lot of people were talking about uh tommy reese is this and this and you know he's not calling this and that and it's like it's amazing what happens when your offensive line is playing well and you can call pretty much anything and have success 
it's it, it's it's really it, it's really preferred actually uh, when you when you can just uh, just call whatever you like uh, eight for fourteen on on third downs they were efficient there uh, just zero for one on on fourth down but uh, eighty five total plays to sixty for North Carolina they controlled the game without a doubt and you look at this team. And, you know, this is going to do a lot for from a confidence standpoint mm-hmm. to see these guys come out and play at this level and execute and <clears throat> just just to show up, you know. And again, this is one game and you see the you see progression. And that's the one thing I wanted to see is seeing a progression with this team and making the adjustments Um both offensively and defensively, we're able to get a few takeaways ourselves, which has has eluded us for has eluded Notre Dame for some time um, in the takeaway realm, and that's some uh, Al Golden defense you know thrives on. Yeah, Notre Dame getting uh, getting the the one fumble recovery. Uh, they also did lose a fumble as well late in the game, uh, but uh, yeah, the 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 defensive line started started. You know, making it making its hay to the front seven. We'll get to that coming up in the in a little bit. But like you said too, as far as receiving goes, Michael Mayer seven for eighty eight, one touchdown. Lorenzo Styles five for sixty nine yards and a touchdown. Uh, Logan Diggs had three catches uh, for sixty five yards, including that touchdown where I like all the TV cameras made it look like he was the only guy in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, again, he is that good, but yeah. I'm like, okay, he's not the guy on the team, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, just no one around him for a mile. So, uh, yeah that 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 was that was exactly. I I think that was exactly what they needed uh, heading into this bye week. They needed an offensive performance like that heading into the bye week, just so that. They don't have to sit around going, man. We really had it. We really had a tough time today with North. You know, last week with North Carolina, we really had a tough time. You know, you know, how, when's it gonna? When's it finally gonna click? Today clicked. Today clicked big yeah. time. And it was it was also good to see, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you know, because you saw, and this is where again, you know, some opportunity is as good as they look offensively, you know. You know, you like to have, I'd say you like to have it, but it doesn't hurt to have, you know, teachable moments, coachable moments, because in the latter part of the game, we made some mistakes and, you know, had the fumble in the end zone um, and then gave up the big pass. So, you know, a, a successful game, but they're learning learn, opportunities to learn from that to, you know, to now it's time to finish games. Right. You know, you 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 know, you know because it seemed the last two times where you've given up some points in the fourth <laughs> right. quarter that you, that should never have happened. I mean, you look yeah. at that yeah. fumble by estimate; it turned into a a touchdown or the end. That's that's a fourteen point swing that you know you, you know you can look to to teach, but you also have a lot of good things to to to, to really hang your hat on, and particularly this offensive line. And I, I can't stress that enough the importance of the success the offensive line had because when this group starts to jail and continues to come together as a unit, 
watch out. The, uh, Notre Dame can can really do some things offensively, and it, it all starts uh, up front. That's right. Uh, coming up, we'll still uh, we've still got uh, Marcus Freeman's post game press conference to get to. We'll have that for you in its entirety. Uh, also, you know whatever player we were able to get as far as uh, as far as post game goes, uh, we've got uh, the out of town scoreboard, the opponent scoreboard, and uh, we still got to make uh, you know player of the game recommendation, all that stuff. Defense coming up next here on the official post uh, official Notre Dame football post game show. Presented by St. Joseph Health System. Running up the middle. This time May. Play action. Stands in the pocket. Runs out to his right. In trouble. And is sacked. On the five-yard line by Riley Mills. Came sprinting off the edge from the left of May. Untouched. And a loss of 11. That, uh, that I, I thought, was a big turning point for the game. That first sack by Riley Mills. Uh, I, I really think that the defense got going. Especially since it looked at first that... They were they were on their heels a little bit. Uh, that kind of t- that changed the tide a lot. That uh, led to a three and out by North Carolina, and uh, it was off and running there. Uh, the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT, presented by St. Joseph Health System, uh, rolls on. Jimmy Rosari, Reggie Brooks uh, here as well. Uh, Reggie talking defense right now and. Believe it or not, there's good, there's bad. Uh, let's get to the good first. Uh, Riley Mills having easily one of the defensive plays of the game with that sack. And you, and you look at that that sack, and like I said, you, you you go back to that first drive by North Carolina, and you know a lot of these rushes by uh, by uh, the quarterback May. You had a rush up the middle. He had a you know fifteen yard. They were they were breakdowns in the in rush lanes, and he was able to break the defense down and get get some yards by scrambling. And you know you look at this and you're like, oh man, this is not good. We need to, you know, what are we going to be able to do to kind of squelch that? And then you know we come back, you know we go you know have our three and out, and then we come back and. Boom! You know, Riley Mills gets his first sack, and but it started kind of it set the tone for the defense in terms of you know being able to say, hey, we got to contain this guy and keep things and keep him in front of us because he was he was a dangerous runner. And again, you look at that sack; it it sets them up. You know, having put them in a, a long yardage to long long yardage situation where again they have to punt, go three and out, and then. We did while we didn't score on this next drive, it did set the tone for what we what Notre Dame was able to do uh, offensively, but also defensively. They started to get a sense of okay, here's how uh, Notre Dame needs to attack this quarterback. And I think once they settled into that, um, they were able to get after him pretty good. But he still uh, uh, hats off to him. He did a, a wonderful job of you know keeping plays alive with his feet. And you know, putting you know Notre Dame's defense back on his heels. Uh, North Carolina was up at that point too. They had already scored once. They were up seven nothing, and everything was was you know kind of going their way a little bit there for a minute. And and then that first sack happened. And I think, like you said, it set 
it set a tone for the defense uh, for the rest of the day. Riley Mills, by the way, five tackles, uh, two sacks on the day, uh, two and a half tackles for loss. I mean, just just an absolute beast of a day. Jack Kaiser with nine tackles, uh, Maris Leofau, six tackles and uh, and a half sack. Isaiah Foskey, another good game, five tackles, uh, one of those tackles for loss. Just the the def- the defensive front seven. Once again, leaving its stamp on this game. Well, I doubt, and you you look at this, and the fact that we were able to get pressure with four down linemen, mm-hmm. um, and you know it was kind of hit and miss, but we were cons- with with the stunts that we were able to that Notre Dame was able to execute. They were able to get to the quarterback with four down linemen, and that creates a lot of it puts a lot of pressure on an offense when you know, you, especially offensive line, when they're able to get to you. Without you know bringing a blitz, and that you know helps you to shore up your your, your coverage because you know, we we had our struggles on the back end, um, you know, because that they were doing a pretty good job of especially taking shots downfield, but when you can get after the quarterback without having to bring pressure, it 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 helps you to kind of solidify your defense and kind of protect yourself on the back end. Notre Dame able to get to the second quarter of the game today, and that's where they really made their mark. They put up 24 points today in the second quarter. Uh, they they held North Carolina just to that seven nothing mark uh, through the first quarter, and then uh, you know the offense start starts clicking and the defense starts imposing its will, and it almost I I didn't want to say it publicly. I didn't want to say it online just because. It would have jinxed everything, I, I think, anyway. But uh, it really started to feel like those like those wins that, that Notre Dame got last year, the games that they should win. It started feeling like that. Well, and, and also, again, it, you know, when you have success, you know, you develop a level of confidence. And as you watch this game progress, you saw – just how the, in particular, the, the running backs, you know, that was the one thing that it, it you know, I was on a text thread with a, a, about, you know, 15 or 20 guys. And you saw, you know, the previous few weeks, you saw the backs, they had been a lot more um, unsure, if you will, with their steps in the backfield. You didn't see them running downhill. And, you know, and estimate when he's, when he's allowed to come downhill and get yeah. behind his pads. We all saw what kind of a runner he is, but you saw those guys having the confidence in their offensive line to hit the holes as opposed to kind of waiting to see what happens. And that was a shift. There was a shift in this game with how our running backs ran. If you go back and look at the previous three games, there was a shift in how they were running the ball and being a lot more decisive and a lot more, um, you know, confident in, in the holes being there as opposed to dancing around looking for the holes. And you saw that progression over the course of the game. You saw the offensive, I mean, the yeah, the offensive running backs, you know, you, you saw them, you said, boom, they got more and more confidence, started getting behind their pass, Logan Diggs. You know, they started to really get after it in a way that it's like that's how you run. And when you, and you start running with that type of confidence – it breeds confidence in offensive line because they say, hey, 
my guy trusts me, so I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing, and I'm going to do it do it even better next time to create some even you know bigger holes. Uh, J.D. Bertrand came back in the second half, uh, made his presence felt with that uh, with that uh, uh, causing the fumble, and uh, then picked up another targeting call and has to say, "Okay, I'm sorry, that Uh, was ridiculous. That was that was a absolute." Atrocious call. He he didn't hit him in 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 the neck and head area. I mean it was it, it was his face mask on his shoulder pad. Yeah. I mean yeah. what what do you, what do you expect these kids? And the thing about it, th- th- this is my issue with it. When you started to you know forcing the players to start tackling lower, that's when you're going to get start seeing more leg injuries. Oh yeah, yeah. As opposed to if someone's attacking. In, in the framework of the body, the torso area, which is where he hit him. Yeah. I, what do you expect the guys to do? And I'm an offensive player, so I, I, right, I, right. I get to protect the player, but, <laughs> yeah. but you got to be kidding. This is football, right? Yeah, we, this, exactly. This game, yeah, you, it's, you're, it's a you're, contact sport. You're, you're, I mean, you know, you're an offensive football player, but you're still a football player, and, and you're still expecting guys to be able to tackle and – I don't. I don't think he was allowed to tackle there. He he just wasn't. And you you look at how does this how is this going to impact him? Not to mention we're going to lose him for another half. Yeah. So, what do you expect this kid to do? I mean, what are you saying to say? Well, you you're not tackling correctly, and I'm telling you that was one of the best form tackles I've seen. Boom! He squared up on him wrapped up, you know, rolled his hips and made a tackle. And I'm like, okay, wow. And I really thought they were going to, like, you know, reverse that when they saw the replay. Right, right. We all did. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a no-brainer. There's no way they're going to call that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, I, okay. I think the guys in the booth were saying the same thing, both on the radio and TV. They were like, uh, yeah. what? So, um, yeah. yeah. So we might as well, I mean, let's just go to play, let's start playing touch. Let's just turn <laughs> into flag football. I, I don't know. I it, it just it that just just really it just grates my nerves to see that. And knowing that, you know, and not to mention that he's a pretty key part of this defense as the play caller. And you <laughs> he comes back, makes a that's how that's how you draw it up. That's how you make that's the tackle. You want to see, you know, your your defender make, and you know, I'm looking at, I'm thinking, what's what's Al Golden? What does he say say to the kid? Right. I mean, what what can you say to this young man? This he's like, um, because again, I'm sorry, it doesn't do anything to say, oh well, yeah, that was a bad call. Well, we just lost one of our top defenders because of a bad call. By the way, BYU, the uh, the next opponent, um, probably would be really good if if they were able to have JD Bertrand in the first half of that game. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I. There were there were questionable calls on both sides. I I thought. That, oh yeah. You know, Notre Dame got some breaks. North Carolina, I I, I think they. Uh, they almost kind of started atoning for their mistake from for their earlier mistakes late in the game, uh, trying to make it up to North Carolina. Um, you know the 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 unsportsmanlike 
penalty on Mac Brown. Uh, I'm 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 actually really glad that Mac that Mac got his money's worth on on that penalty. Oh my gosh! What well, well, the the call of that was not pass interference. Yeah, it was not. Yeah. It was it was a bad call. And and, and again, my thing with officiating it, it, it's you know you definitely make the calls and and, and you are in you're a part of the game. But when you in, interject yourself into the game with some, you know, they really got involved in the game. Yeah. You know, when you, I always look at good refereeing as you're calling the game even square, but you're not you don't become a key component in the game. The game is it what is between the two opposing teams. And and they just just seemed to me they were interjecting themselves. And like you said, it's like they were trying to do makeup calls. And it's like when you go doing makeup calls, you create more of an issue because you're interjecting yourself in a, in the game and being being more of a uh, um a contributor to the game as opposed to yeah. being someone that helps manage and move the game forward in a, in a legal f- framework right being complementary to the game you know just do that instead of becoming the central part of the game so yeah uh, let's see. We've got the uh, we've got the Marcus Freeman press conference. Uh, we've got that ready to go, so we will let you hear that coming up next here on the official Notre Dame football post game show on Sunny One Hundred One Point Five and Sports Radio Nine Sixty WSB. It's the official Notre Dame football post game show on Sunny One Hundred One Point Five and Sports Radio Nine uh, Nine Sixty. Uh, WSBT, uh, sponsored by the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Also, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Hunger is a Story We Can End. Find out more at feedindiana.org. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. And Pet Refuge, Adopt, Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. Here is uh, Marcus Freeman, his press conference uh that just got done a couple of moments ago. Uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to that. Well, obviously, extremely uh, happy for our group of guys and our coaching staff to to go out and play. Um, listen, for entirety entirety of a game, they played really, really well. We played really well, you know. And the beauty of it is, there's always room to get better. We can go and we can learn from a lot of situations that happened in the game. But you know, it was a challenge to our offense to be able to run the ball. And it was a challenge for our defense to stop the run. I think the lowest amount they had um, offensively in the first three games was, I think, 183 rushing yards. And to hold that offense to 66 rushing yards was a great um, accomplishment by our defense. Coach Golden and Coach Reese did an unbelievable job at preparing this group. And um, I'm really happy for where this team is progressing. And, and that's what I just told them in the locker room. Sometimes we let the outcome kind of mask some things, right, and, and continue to look at – is this a football team that's getting better? And it is. They're playing better. They're practicing better. And that's the challenge. Continue to get better. And uh, it was good to see the performance today. So with that, I'll open up for questions. Please raise your hand. Yeah, I'm going to start with Tim here in the second round. Coach, uh, 315 yards, buying rushing receiving just from your three running backs. And I think 19, 20 first downs from those three guys. Is it a concerted effort to get all three going? Or is the rhythm of the game along I think more so the rhythm of the game. It was good to have Logan back. Um, he had a good week of practice. But the ability to use those three in different ways. You know, we listen, when we lost Kevin this week and uh, 
we knew we were going to have to be kind of strategic in terms of what personnel we're going to use. And to have a guy like Chris Tyree that you can use in the backfield, use in the slot, do some different things with, uh, it really creates, it opens up things for our offense. And so, um, again, they were just going on a roll. You know, credit to Coach McCullough, who's done a great job with that group, the unselfishness, unselfishness of that group. Uh, it was really good to see today. After that first scoring drive from Carolina, what flipped for you guys defensively to, to where it really it really made it hard for them to do anything? Yeah. I wish I could go back and remember that first one. I think there was a couple big plays, you know, a couple shots. No, it was the quarterback scramble. Yeah. Right. And those the, you know, as I told those guys, listen, just we have we understand this quarterback can run. You know, we have to keep him contained. But the, the other part of that is you can't play spot. Like, that's not going to be what affects a quarterback like that. You have to be aggressive, but understand you have to stay in your rush lanes. And it was good to see the adjustment um, from our defensive line. And, and like I said on the sidelines, to him, I don't want you to play cautious, but I want you to be aware that we can't just rush past the quarterback because he'll step up and he'll, he'll run. So it was good to see that. Again, the, the, the always the challenge defensively is going to be to limit the big plays, right? The explosive plays, the – you know, the long throws, we have to do a better job at that. But again, I think for the most part of the game, they really, really battled. Stick to your left with Pete. Marcus, was what you saw particularly from the Lions more of what you see on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, really for the last six, seven weeks to sort of back up some of the assumptions you had felt about this team going into the year? Yeah, it's what you hope Notre Dame football is going to be about, right? Is that you're going to have an old line that can run the ball. And, you know, even if a team knows we're going to run the ball, to be able to get, we're not saying to get 10 yards, in, those were those were added bonuses today, those big plays. But to be able to run the ball at will for four or five yards, that's something that you have to be able to do, especially with our current roster. And, um, again, they did a really good job. And that's a group in particular, as you see, from game one to game four, has really, really gotten better. And as I've said earlier in the year, it's a group that's really young other than Jay Pat and Mark. You know, those two freshman tackles are still figuring it out. Right, they didn't play a whole bunch last year, um, you know. And have Zeke in there, it, it's they're gelling. You're gelling. They're doing a good job. Stick with the front, Tyler. Marcus, obviously the, the final stat line isn't going to show it, but Drew Pine probably played Drake, outplayed Drake May for most of that game. What did you make of his performance? And then he heard it all week that can't throw downfield, and, and he went downfield quite a bit today. Yeah, just execution. You know, you saw last week in the first half. Drew makes the right decisions. It's never a decision-making issue. It's the execution. And, and early in the game last week, he had a, you know, he wasn't executing the way he would want or we would want. But today, again, he continued to make good decisions, but he executed, put the ball where it needed to be, and some guys made some plays. And so he's going to always be prepared. He's going to always know what to do with the ball. The continuous the challenge for him is to execute the right way. Mark, the things to clean up, J.D. Bertrand. What did you see on that? Was it even uh, debatable? It's targeting. And you can argue all you want. But as I told J.D. on the field, it's our job to learn from that situation. So it's, it's an entire game he's missed now. Right? He's going to miss the first half of this game. He missed, he's going to miss the first half of the next game. And so we have to learn from it. We have to change. Or you're going to continue to get targeting coming. No matter if we agree or disagree. And so we have to understand that that's the way the refs called it. So we have to practice different ways to tackle. You got to make sure you're not leading with your head. One is safety, but two, you need to be on the field. So we have to look at that and study and say, well, how do we practice for him in particular a better way to make sure that doesn't happen anymore?
Staying with Marvin Tyler here. Marcus, what did you like about the way the linebackers respond with JD being out for so long and then also um, safeties with Ramon Henderson going out and then also TJ Brown went out for some time too? Yeah. Um, listen, you're going to have to be able to roll guys. That's why we do it, right? And, and to see Kaiser and Bo and Maris, and you saw Prince Kali out there, you know, that's why you roll guys earlier in the year because injuries are going to happen. And to lose Ramon, um, you know, Tariq, we didn't have a backup really at nickel. Jaden Mickey was the, technically the backup nickel, and he ended up playing some corner. And so, you know, we have to roll guys. And that's the whole thought process, being able to roll guys because injuries are going to happen, and we got to make sure we don't lose a step when somebody comes in. Marcus, I think we saw Blake Fisher go in the locker room uh, toward the end of the game. Just wondering if you had an update on him. Uh, he got poked in the eye. And uh, they said he's fine. No concussion, no head issue. Just And I got poked in the eye. And that's it. Go to your left with Pete. Not that you would say that you needed the first three weeks to go the way that they went, but like, what do you think that the players got out right. of it? Like, that they at least took some benefit of you know, the struggle in the last few weeks? I think if you don't look at those tough situations and say we're going to be better because of it, you use it. You haven't used it as a positive situation, and and that's what I challenged the group that somehow, some way, that Ohio State game has to make us better. Same thing with with the loss to Marshall, you know. And for each person, it could be different. For me, it's it's again, how do you learn from motivating a team to play the number two team in the country the following week to make sure that we there's no drop off. Right. And then to be able to evaluate, it shouldn't take a loss to be able to say, OK, we're going to evaluate everything we're doing in our program with a critical eye, you know. And so I'm the number one person has to learn from those first three weeks. Right. Even from a win last week and even from this week. And so um, we have to look at those those tough losses as, as a somehow, some way being a positive and uh, continue to grow, and continue to get better. And that's why I keep saying like, we can't only just focus on the outcome of the game. Right. And we know that's how we're judged, right? Wins and losses. We get that. But sometimes that can mask the reality of your team getting better. And that's what we got to do, continue to focus on what it takes to get better as a football team. Go front center and Mike. Yeah, so DJ Brown was out. Is, any, is that a concern point? The beauty of it is we have a bye week. I think they said he, he hamstring strain. Um, I don't know. I hopefully he'll be back, but, but we got a bye week, so we got some time. And then the health thing, Bauman. What is the prognosis at this stage? Is that a long term? Yeah, he's done uh, for the year. Uh, ACL. Yeah. More questions. Michael Mayer, you spoke that into existence as well. You wanted Tommy to find ways, and how happy were you with the way you guys involved Michael Mayer? What is that? He's a beast, man. You know, eighty-seven, a heck of a football player, and. You're a fool if you don't find ways to get the ball in his hands. And we found unique ways. I think we ran him on a jet sweep today, and you wouldn't think 87 is getting the ball on a jet sweep, but, you know, he did it, and he kind of, you know, it's going to make a DB think twice about coming in there and tackling him, but he's a, a guy that can do so many different things for you. And, uh, you know, you got to make sure that you can't just focus only on 87. That's the challenge. It's easy to say, hey, 87 gets one-on-one, throw it to him, you know, but you have to make sure that you have enough ways to get him the ball, but also can use him as a as a decoy almost in terms of a progression in terms of opening other things on the field. And so the thing you love about Michael Mayer is he comes to work every day. He prepares, he prepares the right way. He sets the standard for how we prepare. He's a captain. He's a leader. He raises the play of those guys in his room. That's why what you'll see is you'll see those young guys step up because Michael Mayer is in there making sure that, you know, everybody's going to perform to a standard. Everybody's got a standard and everybody's going to have to learn. And so, 
this is going to be good to see his leadership uh, capabilities have to, to really, really rise. All right, last question. Kind of building on that, the game Tommy called tonight when you're getting Logan picks open by 25 yards, it's good play to call, right? Like, yeah. what what did he lean into tonight? Uh, how, what were you pleased most with the, the offensive game plan? Yeah, it's, you know, what I, I try to tell the team all the time that when things go bad, it's bad play calling. When things go well, it's great play calling, right? That's the reality of things. And that, you know, I believe in the game Tommy Reese has called from Ohio State to Marshall to Cal, and now we were able to execute better. And that's, to me, the sign of a leader is to, are we preparing the right way, you know? And that's, to me, the challenge. And that's, to me, what our coordinators are continuing to do. We're preparing um, better. And we're looking at how to prepare better. And that's a challenge. And so the result of that preparation is what you saw today, is that we had some guys open. We were able to call some some plays, offense and, and defenses, you know, that had success. But that's the beauty of our position. When things go well, right, it's coaches. You know, coaches did a great job. When things aren't going so well, it's a lot of times on the coaches. But the reality is the players have to execute, and we have to put our job, put those, position, those players in position to execute. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. All right, that is uh, Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman after today's 45-32 victory over North Carolina. Uh, We've got uh, a couple of player interviews coming up as well, a couple of player press conferences as well. We'll give our thoughts on, uh, on the Freeman press conference coming up right after this on the official Notre Dame football postgame show. Logan Diggs, play action. Now Pine rolls to the right, sets up. Diggs is wide open to the 10, by himself into the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Wow. 12-18 left in the third quarter. It's now Notre Dame 30, North Carolina 14. And Ryan, what a call. Play action to Diggs to the left side. Pine rolled out to the right and threw back to the far sideline, and no one was within 10 yards of Logan Diggs. Easy touchdown, Notre Dame. I thought it was a whole heck of a lot more than 10 yards, quite honestly. Uh, the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System rolling on here on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, Jimmy Rosari with Reggie Brooks. Uh, yeah, like that That was more like 30 yards, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe his... his- you know, he may, may just maybe work in, in, in meters instead of feet. I don't know. <laughs> that, that was definitely a longer, longer path than that. He's getting lost in the uh, in the in the unit conversions. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marcus Freeman's press conference. Uh, First of all, uh, real quick, just uh, just the injuries that he made note of in the press conference. Uh, tight end Kevin Bauman out for the year with an ACL injury. Blake Fisher just getting poked in the eye, nothing significant. DJ Brown suffering a hamstring injury during the game as well. Prognosis unknown as far as that goes. So uh, that according to, uh, well, Marcus Freeman himself. So uh, your thoughts on uh, on what Coach Freeman had to say? I was particularly uh, keyed into when he was talking about, and I, I think I kind of mentioned it too, about when, you know, you have success, the coach gets the accolades, uh, and when you don't, you know, they get get hit up for, you know, and talking about offense in particular, the poor play calling and, 
You know, it's like it's it's amazing what happens when you have an effective line. If you have an effective line play, it really opens things up for from a play calling standpoint. Love the misdirection from a game game planning standpoint. But the thing that really I keyed into was him speaking on execution, you know, um, and that is that's the key. And again, you kind of talked about the importance of the offensive line in particular starting to come together, starting to jail. And and, and it, it builds builds confidence when you have a, that group of five that are coming together and also the the, the tight end group, you know, that uh you know, I know that's a, a has been a really big uh, piece for Notre Dame is that off, that tight end group and the ability to work well with the offensive line. And I saw several times this this game, the backs estimate and Diggs picking up the blitz. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you and you have all those things working and you're executing the game plan, and I also notice with Marcus again, he's. You see him learning. You see, you know you can go back to his press conferences earlier. He's getting a lot more comfortable, you know, in the press conference, and he's he's hitting on those key points um, and answering the questions, but staying focused on okay, we have to continue to do what we know to do, and that and he talked about his the importance of critiquing oneself you know you know we talk about critiquing the and grading the the players but i think it's just as important especially for a young staff to, to grade yourself so why are we why do we not have success in these areas if you were that confident in the game plan and it wasn't executed why was it not executed because that's the thing about practice mm-hmm. practice is where you develop the understanding and the confidence to execute the plays that are being called. And, you know, it has to translate, you know, you practice how you, you play like how you practice. And if you, if you're struggling, if, if there's some poor execution, then you got to check yourself. Why is that? Am I not getting my information? Is the information not coming across to the athlete? And I think, you know, and it takes some time. It, it, you know, I knew this coming in, but when you have that confidence in yourself, and you can, you know, really look within and say, okay, how do we, how do I get better to help this team get back, get get better? And because it's it stops and starts with the head coach. Total plays for Notre Dame eighty five. Uh, that compared to North Carolina sixty. By the way, uh, average yards per play. Six point eight uh, yards. Uh, average. Last time we had eighty plays, uh, right? I mean, Jim, I mean that right there, <laughs> right? Oh, say that again. Eighty-five total plays for Notre Dame today. Uh, eight, uh, eight for fourteen on third downs. They picked up a lot of confidence in order to execute this week, didn't they? I mean, you got to ask yourself, like I said, you know, you know, because Marcus talked about, you know, the struggles that they had after the cow. I mean, to finish the cow game. I mean, the game ended, what, like five times? Right. <laughs> it just it just wouldn't go away. Right. And, you know, and, and you, know, since, you know, you could tell that there was um, some level of, hey, 
We can't keep doing that. That's that's you're not going to have success. You're not going to win when you can't get off the field when you're making making those mistakes. You know, and you you look at how we performed. You know, from a penalty standpoint, you know the penalties were down. I mean, we mm-hmm. were pretty. You know, from a penalty standpoint, we we were. You know, we only had five this time. Yeah. You know, and we had, we were hovering in that. You know seven to nine range pretty consistently over the last three three games. And again, th- but that's a part of execution. When you execute the play, it's le- you're less likely to have those mental errors. And and, and that's, what a, a, that's what penalties are a lot of times, mental errors. Mm-hmm. And you reduce those mental errors, it reduces your ineffectiveness in, in the execution. So and I, I like how he kept mentioning execution. That is a key part of it, executing the game plan. But part of executing the game plan is not having those mental breakdowns and mental, uh, the miscues that create the situations where you're less likely to be successful. Of those 85 plays, 35 of them went for first downs. When's the last time that happened? Wow. And I'm just, you know, you're looking, it's like 35 first downs for Notre Dame, 18. But the thing that really stood out to me is you had 17 rushing mm-hmm. and 12 passing. 17 rushing first downs. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing, Jim. Jim, <laughs> Jim, that is the beautiful thing, my man. It's, that cannot be understated. It, it might possibly be Reggie's most favorite thing in the world right now. <laughs> I mean, we rushed the ball. For over five yards to carry. Mm-hmm. What, who, who, what team are we talking about? What team is this? I'll, I'll tell is you. Is this what, a new team? Right, I know. I'll, I'll tell you what team this is. Uh, 287 yards rushing today on, on 50 attempts. Uh, and, and then Drew Pine had, you know, 289 yards passing of his own. You know, I mean, I'm not sure you can get a more even attack offensively than, than what Notre Dame had today. And it started with executing up front. Mm-hmm. You know, the offensive line executed in the run game and in the pass game. And, you know, I, I hats off to – and I, I had the confidence that Harry Hestead could get this group, yeah. you know, moving in the right direction. But I also knew, it. you know, I don't think people – because Notre Dame had the success they did last year, I don't think they really understood – how much Kyron Williams mass the the poor play up front mm-hmm. until you come back and you know I can't count the number of times I saw that young man get hit in the backfield yeah and come back and you know and make a play and it's like wow and you know but he made a play got yards he had success and you tend to kind of overlook the miscues the middle errors allowing them to split the double team. When you got a, a young man that can do things like that, that's, that's whew, he's a, he was a heck of an eraser because he not only was he making runs, you know, that were phenomenal, he was also picking up a lot of the, um, you know, the, the, the he was the eraser in the pass protection, mm-hmm. and he did an outstanding job in that area. Yeah, we 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 do need to make note that yeah, the offensive line, their best performance of the season so far. Without a doubt. 
I mean, you 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 saw guys finishing blocks, finishing blocks downfield. You see lug, and again, you know that's one of the things as a as a running back you're always uh, conscious of is. You know the guy coming downfield. You make sure you're not in the way because I can remember a guy like um, Aaron Taylor or Lindsey Knapp. You know, <laughs> if you were stand, standing around a pile, you're gonna get your head taken off. And right. it was just good to see the offensive line getting downfield. You know, it was great seeing um, uh, Blake, like Blake Fisher, like pushing the pile, pushing the runner. And yeah, I remember we saw watching one time he actually pulled estimate. And pulled him back toward you know to get yards and put him on top of himself. <laughs> Just again trying to get those extra yards. I mean that's that's when you you know you you're really starting to understand your responsibility in the game and and offensive line they love to hit people. Yeah, and you know it, and it makes a difference when you're coming off hitting somebody versus pass setting and taking the blow. Yeah, all the all the times that I saw a uh, an offensive lineman, uh, you know, pushing somebody along, pushing them deeper into a pile, uh, that that I hadn't really seen too much of uh, before today. So, I mean, just just an improvement all around. Anyway, uh, the official Notre Dame football postgame show uh, presented by St. Joseph Health System. Uh, we'll keep going uh, with, uh, with myself and Reggie Brooks. We've got, uh, we've got Drew Pine's press conference uh, coming up. We've also, we'll also hear from uh, Marist Leofau. He had a big day on the, uh, on the defensive side of the ball today. And uh, we've still got the uh, opponent's scoreboard to get to. And we've also got to name some players of the game today because uh, – yeah, I got a feeling there there might be a lot of players of the game today. Uh, Notre Dame over North Carolina, forty-five to thirty-two, and we will be right back. Drew Pine on the far hash now as they move right to left. Pair of wideouts to his right, two to his left. Raiden Lindsay in short motion. Pine lifts his right leg, waits for the snap. There it is, four-man rush. Pine in the pocket, spins out to his left. In trouble, now runs to his right, across the 15 and 20. He's got a chance, picks up the first down on the far sideline. Crossed that 30-yard line and ducked out of bounds. Audric Estime, nice block to spring him. That's a gain of 13 and a first down. Drew Pine, 24 for 34 today, passing 289 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Also able to get it done with his legs, too, when, uh, when, when he needed to. Six rushes, 20 yards. Was able to get out of uh, was able to get out of some trouble. Let's hear from uh, Drew Pine in his post game interview. Drew, what's going through your mind when those first two passes get batted down? Kind of like last week, didn't start how you wanted to, mm-hmm. but also like last week, eventually you rebound and, and you get it going. Yeah, um, you know something that you know, I've always talked about is just you know one. And Coach Freeman always says it's one play, one life. And you know, if, no matter what happens in the last play, whether it's good or bad, you got to move on to the next one because, you know, you can't dwell on it. And I really focused on that today. And for the couple of bad plays I had, you know, I just thought about one play, one life, go on to the next play and, you know, try my best to get to execute and do my job and get the team in a good position to succeed on that play. So, um, you know, so, uh, slow start, fast start, no matter what, um, my mentality is always going to be the same when I'm on that field. To your right, Kyle. Drew, I, I noticed walking off the field there, you and uh, Harry Eason shared a moment, handshake. What what was said there? And I mean, kind of your first comments were, you know, being appreciative of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like that was something that stood out. Yeah. I mean, Coach Eason has been unbelievable for our, 
program for our offense, for our offensive line ever since he's came in. He demands such a high standard for every single one of those guys, and all those guys respond to it really well. You know, they they every single day they go in and they know that you know it's gonna it's gonna be tough because Coach Easton holds them to such a high standard, but they want that and they want to get better and they want to you know succeed, and and that's what Coach Easton does. And um, you know, Coach Easton is a great line coach and he loves quarterbacks, which is great, which I love too. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just so thankful for him and all the preparation that he does to get our guys to succeed. And, you know, Joe Walt, J-Pat, Zeke, Lug, and, and Fish all, you know, just battle their butts off for him every single play and for our team. So, um, you know, I can't say enough good things about Coach Easton. Green State, um, right, Tim, second row. You guys got to come balance on first down there in the second, third quarter, I think. 265 yards on first down alone. Was it able to get into a rhythm and take that kind of run past balance in the RPOs? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think Coach Reese has called an unbelievable game. Um, he puts me in a position to go out there and just succeed and, and do my job and execute. And I mean, almost I can't tell you how many times I went over to and ran over the phone and said, Coach Reese, that was all you. Like, you know, that's, I mean, he just puts us in such good positions to succeed. And, um, you know, the drive starters, Again, he just puts us in position to succeed. So that's all, you know, Coach Reese and the guys playing hard. And, um, you know, it's pretty good having three backs that can do everything. Um, so I'm very, very thankful for all those guys. Front and center is Mike. What was the emphasis to get the ball to Mayer a little bit more? It seemed like in the first half there were even the jet sweep. You found ways to do it, and ways that were harder last week. What, would, what made it easier to find the big guy this time? Um, you know, just like I said with Coach Reese, uh, he puts us in a position to succeed every single play. And, and you know, I was able to find Mike a couple more times this week and um, and just execute and do my job and get the ball to him. And, you know, I'm very happy because, you know, he's such a great player. And get, getting the ball in his hands is something that our offense can really, you know, benefit from. So, uh, you know, Mike's just an unbelievable player. To your left, Pete. Drew, there's a couple of plays, both digs that I mean, it's wide open. Mm -hmm. What did you guys sort of see on tape going into it? Why why was that play so effective for you guys? Um, well, you know, actually, the, well, the first play uh, during the – it was a drive drive starter. We were going into the tunnel where we ran out, and it was a, it was a naked, and I threw it out of bounds, and no one went with the running back, and we noticed it. And, uh, you know, so, so the next time, Diggs was – no one was around him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty awesome feeling, you know, except that ball feels like it's in the air for 20 seconds. Um, but, you know, just, again, a credit to Coach Reese. He called an unbelievable game and put us in a great position to succeed. Do last question, Tyler. Drew, what does it do for you as a quarterback to connect with Lorenzo Styles down the field for a touchdown like that? How much how much yeah. confidence that could be? Yeah, you know, Lorenzo is such a – he's such a hard worker and such a, such a determined kid and someone who – you know, sets such high goals for himself because he wants to be so great. And so, you know, giving Zoe some confidence and, and I mean, he doesn't need any, but, you know, scoring a touchdown for Zoe and doing all that is something that he deserved and something that he's worked for. And uh, I'm very happy that we connected on that. And um, it's just a start. All right, that is Drew Pine from his post-game press conference here on the official Notre Dame football post-game show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Uh, he mentioned Lorenzo Styles there at the end. Uh, five catches on seven targets, 69 yards, a touchdown. Overall, a really nice day for Lorenzo Styles. Right, Reg? Sit down. Yeah, he uh, he got. Look at that guy. Yeah. 
and you, you, you so and that, that's the thing I like about Rizzo. Um, you got another guy that's learning learning the game, you know, because this has been a, a sticking point for us or for, for this team is the outside receivers. Mm-hmm. Hadn't had a lot of, you know, production from that group uh, the past year and then this year. So for him to step up the way he has, it, it's been been a real joy to watch. And you see that confidence continue of receiver and quarterback. You, you know, I mean? you know, everybody knows, hey, you're going to look for um, Michael Mayer, that, that Drew Pine is going to look for Michael Mayer, and you got to find ways to get him the ball. But you, you, you're having another receiver and having the outside receiver that's stepping up and, and making catches because that builds confidence between the quarterback and the receiver. So he's going to be looking for uh, Lorenzo Styles because, you know, that's just the nature of quarterbacks. When you make plays for your, your quarterback, they're going to look for you because it's like, hey, they want to see, you know, you know, want to see guys make more plays. And, you know, guys make, you know, because Michael Mayer, he makes plays. So now you're getting, you start to see Lorenzo Styles starting to get some more, you know, touches and some more targets because he's making the plays and doing doing the things that he needs to do to get open to put himself in a position to make plays and and be successful. And when you when your receiver is successful, that in turn is make your quarterback successful. That's right. Pretty easy equation right there. On the uh, defensive side of the ball, Marist Leofau had uh, had himself a day, and he had some comments post game as well. Yeah, um, we just decided to stick to our keys. Um, those are plays we let him uh, lose a little bit. We just um, had to tighten up on the inside in the, um, in terms of our D-line and caging and uh, keeping him in the box. There was one play, sorry, there was one play where it was a third down, uh, quarterback draw looked like, and right back came to the block. He was at, and you, you, you got around the block and stopped me. Is that something you saw a lot from the on tape? Where mm-hmm. Yeah, the we're expecting a lot of quarterback draw, running back draw from them. Go ahead, Kyle. Uh, Maris, I, I think early on in that game, you kind of really established right away, had two tackles on that opening drive, matched last week's total. What was kind of going through your head, you know, the, early in this game, going against a high-powered offense, uh, you know, kind of slowing them down right away? Um, yeah, we need, we knew uh, early on we needed to stop their momentum. They're a good offense. Uh, really, it was just, uh, I, just, I was just thinking doing my job, do my job so that other my teammates can do theirs and succeed. If we all, if we all do our job, then eventually we'll we'll succeed. Did you feel any more pressure with JD being out that first half to kind of step up and take your game to another level? Right. No, I didn't feel any pressure at all. I, I trust. Uh, I have a hundred percent trust in the other linebackers who step up. Jack Kaiser really stepped up today because JD was out. And um, yeah. Go to your left with Pete. There's Marcus was in here. You're talking about you know the first three weeks of the season, you don't want to go through that, but you guys took advantage of it to sort of put a performance out there like you get tonight. Like, how did guys try to take advantage of the first three weeks of the year, even if things were not going? How do you guys expect it? Right, I think a big emphasis was just looking forward, um, and learning a lot from, from our mistakes. So, learning, learning a lot from our losses and using that to move forward and um, get better every day. Coaches, coach says that every day we need to get better every day. Uh, you guys obviously knew the task that you had today going against an offense that was putting up crazy numbers. Through the, throughout the week of practice and going into the game today, 
was the biggest emphasis for you guys to, to do what you did and really, I mean, for the most part, shut them down, except for a couple, like a garbage time touchdowns, you call them. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest emphasis to, to do what you guys did today? Um, emphasis was to to stop their uh, explosive, uh, explosiveness in the wide receiver position, for sure. And then, uh, like I said, the, the quarterback running back draws was going to be huge in our game time. A lot of the screens, we need to stop that, which we, we executed well today. Tyler right here. Maris, do you, do you feel yourself getting more comfortable out there after missing all of last season the more you get some reps this season? Yeah, definitely feel um, more comfortable out there. Just being older, being more mature, um, just learning a lot in the process and getting more used to being out there and playing the game. You seem to like playing here pretty well, too. You had played well here last <laughs> year. Well. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, I like it over here, I yeah. guess. Your last question, Mike. Um, JD, another targeting ball, and I don't know if you haven't seen the film yet, but how tough was that on him? Did you talk to him about it? And what does that do for a linebacker who wants to be a big hitter? How do you, how do, how do you try to forget right. that part? It's scary. Uh, you never want to slow down. Um, JD plays fast and physical, and it's always hard when you have to miss a half. I, I went through it my sophomore year, so it's obviously tough on him, but we just got to see what we can do to fix it. And that is Marist Leofau uh, here on the uh, official Notre Dame football postgame show. Marist Leofau had six tackles, four of them solo tackles. Uh, he was in on a sack. He was in on a tackle for loss. Just another huge day for Marist Leofau. I uh, I spent some time uh, during, during his comments looking up if uh, – College football has a Comeback Player of the Year award, and indeed it does. So uh, can we get him on the ballot for that? I would hope so. I mean, just watching him, and again, these were not necessarily tackles that he made, but several times he did make the tackle. But his ability and instinctual uh, maneuvering, when rushing, and Marcus, uh, Coach Freeman mentioned this about the importance of you know, tracking as you're rushing, maintain, maintaining your rush lanes. He did a, a couple times they were doing, you know, the quarterback draw, it looked like, and he was able to redirect while he was, you know, started his pass rush. He was able to, you know, diagnose the play and reverse out and make the play, um, which had he not, it probably would have gone for at least, you know, a first down, if not, you know, more like 15, 20 yards. Mm. So, I'm, and watch him as a, it, it just from a defensive standpoint. A couple of guys from this defense flashed in, in my eyes over the course of the game. Uh, Maris Leofow, um, uh definitely um, Riley Mills. He was one that, you yeah. know, success. But the other guy that really, again, you know, not necessarily um, making a lot of plays, but Tariq Bracey again. You know, he, he had a pass interference, but he's out there battling. I, yeah. I you know, just yeah. watching him from last year to this year, you know, just seeing this, he's he's really developing a sense of you know how to play the game and and expressing the slot. Um, and and also, I got a hats off to to, to Cam Hart and Claren- Clarence Lewis, the outside guys. These guys are starting to step up. The secondary is, I mean, they 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 took some, you know, they. They've had their bumps and bruises, but this group is really, you know, coming along. And it's it's been g- great to see them grow, you know, because we always talk about the front seven, you know, the linebackers and, you know, Jack Kaiser and, and 
J.D. Bertrand, but seeing these other guys start to really on the back end, you know, make start making plays and be in positions, you know, you don't see them necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily making an inception, but they're there making the play, not allowing the, the reception. And that makes a huge difference for, uh, you know, you know, and I got to say, Jack Kaiser was also one that flashed mm-hmm. to me too. You know, like I said nine tackles. I mean, he was all over the field, and you know, a lot of that because again, he had to. You know, he had the guys that had to step up for JD, and you know, you kind of have some confidence with you know the same situation that's going to happen you know, against BYU. You feel good about the def- the linebacking core, the guys that are in there, that they're going to step up until um, we can get JD back on. You know, back in the second half. Yeah, they had the the secondary had their hands full today. Uh, that's that was a high powered offense that they went up against, and uh, they they performed pretty admirably. I thought. I, I could not agree more, and you know, because this this offense came in a- averaging, you know, I think over four hundred yards and yeah, you know, 50, what fifty one points a game. Yep, fifty one point three. Yep. And for them to, like I said, you know, and, and to shut them down, you know, only allow 66 yards rushing. And then, you know, yeah, he threw for five touchdowns, but, you know, but you didn't, I mean, they didn't go berserk as they've done the previous few games. And that was my concern. I, mm-hmm. I got to admit, I was, I, you know, I knew, you know, um, they gave up a lot of points but also knew that they scored a lot of points. And that's why they had won is because they were outscoring people and they had a, such a high powered offense and see this defense uh, be as effective as they were, especially in the second half. And I'm thinking more, you know, the second quarter, second and second and third quarter uh, in you know, early part of the fourth quarter, this, this defense really stepped up in a major way. Absolutely. Uh, we've got our hands full as, uh, as far as trying to figure out who who a player of the game is going to be. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll try and figure that out. While that's happening, Matt Embry will have the opponent's scoreboard uh, presented by Under Armour. That is coming up next here on the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. And now it's time to see how Notre Dame's opponents have fared this weekend. It's the Under Armour Opponents Scoreboard presented by Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers of Notre Dame Athletics. Ohio State, Notre Dame's first opponent having no problems tonight. The Horseshoe, they lead Wisconsin early second quarter 27 to nothing. Marshall, a different story. They are trailing Troy at the half 10 to nothing. California in a shootout with Arizona in the fourth, but they have a 42-31 lead at this moment. BYU takes on Wyoming tonight at 10:15. That's kickoff time. At 10:30, Stanford takes on Washington. Late second quarter, UNLV leads Utah State 24-7. On Friday, despite several turnovers, Syracuse was able to survive against Virginia 22-20. Clemson. Had their hands full with Wake Forest today, but they're able to escape with a game-winning touchdown in the second overtime over Wake Forest, 51-45. It is 10-10 late fourth quarter between Navy and East Carolina. Not a good start for Boston College 
early second quarter, they lead or are trailing Florida State 21 to nothing. And coming up in about an hour from now, 9:30 kickoff, USC is taking on the Beavers of Oregon State. Notre Dame improves to two and two on the season, 30-45-32 victory today over North Carolina and Chapel Hill. After this timeout, Jim and Reggie will wrap it up and look ahead to their next opponent, BYU, in two weeks. You are listening to the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joe Region Health System. The official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System, also proudly sponsored by Centier Bank. Centier Bank is Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. Uh, Jim Irizarry and Reggie Brooks here to wrap things up. Uh, Reg, we've got our hands full as far as players of the game. On off, You know, you could say Drew Pine, Audric Estime, you could say, you know, the three-headed running back monster in general, really. Uh, Michael Mayer, Lorenzo Stiles uh, on defense. Let's see, Jack Kaiser, Maris Leofau, Riley Mills, Isaiah Foskey. Uh, heck, even Brandon Joseph on special teams. He had uh, he had three returns for 43 yards and really set him up in uh, in some good position a couple of, uh, for a couple of those scoring drives. So tons of possibilities here. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, you know, I got to go to running back. I, I, and, and again, it, this it, it, I struggled with this one because, like I said, Drew was seventy percent passing, mm-hmm. three touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, six rushes, twenty yards. But my man Audric, seventeen carries, one hundred thirty-four yards, two touchdowns, almost three, and seven point eight yards per carry. You know, efficiency at its finest. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, like I said, you know, the, the real players of the game was that offensive line. But yeah, I I I'm firmly believe you gotta pick one. So I'm gonna pick pick Audric this time. Um it was difficult because again, that fumble really that was a hard one to to look past. Right, but yeah. I mean he, he ran so hard, he ran downhill, I mean, just running through tackles. And you know, Logan and, and Chris that ran well, but Audric, I mean, this is this is the best I've seen him run because he was one of those again that as big as he is, you saw him kind of like unsure about you know wouldn't hit the holes. He was coming downhill, I mean, hunting for bear for those defensive mm-hmm. backs because <laughs> he hit those holes with such a, a ferocity and coming coming hard at it. So I, my player of the game is Audric Estime, and I'm I'm hoping that this is just the you know just the beginning of what we're going to see out of this run game yeah 134 yards for audric estime he didn't even come in until the second quarter either uh and when he did he went for 29 yards just immediately uh and then you know later on you know 10 yard run 14 yard run had a 16 yard run an 18 yard run you know i mean just lots of big runs for audric estime today i i i would have to I would have to agree as far as as far as uh, you know if if we had to pick just one guy, Audric Estime is the guy because I mean, the man's a beast. <laughs> the man is just a beast. <laughs> I just watching him and like I said, you know, I would love to see his yards after contact. Oh yeah, because I just I don't know how many times you know guys were just he, he was running right through him and just both of them. 
and just just watch it. And he, he ran with such a confidence. And you know, I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen him run like this. You know, not even last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit last year, but he he had a, he 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 was a man on a mission this game. And again, I, I can't say how excited I was to watch this this offense. You know, getting such a rhythm offensively, moving the ball up and down the field, and like I said, you know, 80, 85 plays. That's that's a uh, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, you know, because I'm trying to understand, when is the last time we right. ran that many plays? Yeah, yeah, I I'm I'm right there with you. It's like, wow, eighty five plays, hmm. thirty five of them going for first downs. You know, just a an incredibly efficient night for the offense. Without a doubt. Next, so hopefully this is just there. There's more to come. <laughs> right. Uh, Let's see. Two weeks. We've got uh, the bye week next week. Uh, Notre Dame going into it two and two, which you know a heck of a lot better than one and three. I'll say that. Um, BYU next in Vegas. What do you think? We're going to be there, so I'll be able to see it firsthand. So nice. I'm I'm looking forward to 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 seeing those guys get after it and. You know, it's, it's you know you always get a little, have, have a little extra umph when you're playing in a pro stadium. So I know again, but we we need to see this offense, yeah, in particular this offensive line and the 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 style of play, and we have to man, we have to take control of that line of scrimmage early if if Notre Dame is going to have success against BYU because they're going to come out, they're a physical football team, and we we're going to have to. We're going to have to be – Notre Dame is going to have to be the more physical uh, team if, if if they're going to be successful. And that starts up front on both sides of the line. You know, I I feel I feel good about where they are. And, again, you know, we got a couple of weeks, so hopefully we can get a you – know, got some guys banged up. Hopefully we can get a few of those guys back and ready to go. All right. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. We'll be talking to you live from uh, live from Vegas. You're not going to be talking to us from a uh, like right, right next to a slot machine, are you? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've never been a big fan of of, of gambling. So okay. All right. Okay. That's not my thing. <laughs> Man, you're going to the wrong place then. But uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> Reg, we'll uh, we'll be talking to you in a couple of weeks. Enjoy the bye week. Thank you. You do the same, buddy. All right. And uh, that wraps things up. A uh, Another n- official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. This one coming after a 45-32 win over North Carolina. I'm Jim Irizarry for Reggie Brooks. We will see you in two weeks after the BYU game. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 